You're listening to the Seven Transformations podcast with your host, Tudor Alexander. For the show notes to this episode, stay connected at the Seven Transformations.com. Transformation is an ongoing journey, and it is good that we don't have to walk that path alone. My name is Tudor Alexander, and this is my weekly podcast where I share my life lessons on and off the competitive floor with a few stories in between. Well, hello and welcome back. Happy Monday, guys. My name is Tudor Alexander, and I want to welcome you back to the show, the Seven Transformations podcast. Today is a continuation of a couple of episodes. We've been doing a series. This is actually my first time doing this, so if uh, if you want to give me some feedback, that'd be awesome, actually. Most of the times, I release an episode on Friday, which is an interview with somebody about their life, uh, transformation, creating a life you love, that kind of thing. And on Mondays, uh, I usually release some kind of episode regarding a topic that I'm you know, talking about or is really important, but it's a standalone. So this recently is a series of episodes on something I call spiritual plumbing. It is a workshop that I've developed that encompasses the idea of the seven transformations, which is the name of this podcast and the book that I'm writing. It is my philosophy about empowerment and how to manage energy and performance in your in your life. So I'm really excited to share this with you guys. Thank you so much if you've been tuning in consecutively. I really appreciate your support and having a platform to share some ideas that are really important to me and obviously something that I think can really help people too. So let's redo a really quick review if you haven't been listening or if, if this is kind of a took a little break, even if you've been listening consistently, I think it's good to review. So what we talked about in episode, I think 41 was the initial one. It was an introduction to spiritual plumbing, the idea, what is it? You know, we look at plumbing as taking care of your pipes, right? So if we look at spiritual plumbing, obviously we don't have, you know, necessarily spiritual pipes, but there's a flow of energy through the body. You know, when we are disempowered, we feel, we know what it feels like. It doesn't have to be rocket science. It's it's a feeling of, you know, whatever, being stopped in some way. And I, I opened up the idea that empowerment to me is the notion of being free, ultimately. So we exist in three dimensions, so to speak, of being. And I, I explained those, I believe, in the last week's episode on the three truths and the dimensions of existence. Fancy words, but really they're simple ideas, you know. And what it is is basically we have three ways that we exist. One of them is a state of being. The other one is through your actions. And the third one is through what you have as an experience or results in the real world. And they're all related to each other. So obviously your state of being, let's say you're joyful, is going to create certain actions in the world, you know, what you do. It's going to generate the impetus for movement through this life. And those actions, they they leave a trace. They leave footprints. They leave a result in the real world, which is basically what you have. You know, sometimes what you have can be an experience. You know, like if I'm joyful, I'm likely to, you know, talk nice to people, be kind. And as a result, what I have are, you know, great relationships or whatever. You know, those are pretty generic things, but you can be a lot more specific. And the reason it's good to understand this relationship, number one, is that it gives you, it makes you present to the consequence of your actions. So, you know, especially when you are faced with something disempowering, 
looking at the relationship between how your actions are creating more disempowering future. So if I'm, let's say I'm sad, you know, I'm, I'm angry, whatever, it's going to turn my actions in a particular direction. If I'm sad that, you know, I started my weight loss campaign and after the first week I didn't lose as much as I want to, now I'm sad, that's my state of being, I'm going to stop working out because I quit. Now, what do I have as a result? Well, you have, you know, more resistance, you have, you're back to the problem, that kind of thing. So looking at the relationship of how these things work. And another important reason why it's important to have those dimensions of existence in your mind when you look at a situation is that we ref we relate to things very differently. Sometimes we might relate to a problem based on how we feel about it. Sometimes we might relate to a problem based on how we're limited in, in our actions in some way or what we have as a result. You know, like, oh man, I have this X, Y, and Z or I wish I could do this, or I can't do this anymore, you know, or I am a certain way. So however you happen to relate to it, it's all in the same bracket, but the point is of workability. When you find that raw emotion, that thing that you can experience and feel, that's the point that you can work from. So that is why it's important to have a tool that allows you to, to look at these situations in multiple facets, because that's what we're going to be doing a little bit today. So today I wanted to continue the conversation on domains and basically how we can identify different areas where we get disempowered. So if you did listen to those episodes previously in the last two weeks, we have these different domains of life that we go through. This is nothing new, nothing that I'm saying here is particularly novel, but it is my way of organizing you know, my own experience of something like the seven chakras, seven areas of our life, Maslow's pyramid of human needs. You know, you've heard these kind of things before. So you have seven domains, and each of these domains are governing important areas of life. I've labeled them as trust, energy, leadership, service, expression, thinking, and spirituality. You have the handouts on the show notes to this episode, so you can feel free to check it out, use it for your own benefit, uh, you know, share it, whatever. So the point is, is that when you have something that happens to you that's disempowering, it is ultimately going to rob you of freedom in one of those areas, or all three most likely, in the sense that you are not free to be yourself or be what you were being before. You are stopped in your action in some way, and you are not free to have something that you had before. And that what that means is usually you lose something. There's a loss of some kind. So disempowerment is really when those things happen, when your freedom is robbed in those areas. So naturally what happens is there's a new state of being, a new set of actions that come around, a new results that you get, and you can begin to identify those things. And why that's important is if you go back to episode 41, with spiritual plumbing, it really comes down to two things, awareness and vulnerability. If I have a pipe and it's springing a leak, too much energy outward, then the word for bringing energy back in to a focalized point to, you know, rear it back, the word is awareness. I chose awareness because awareness is what distinguishes things. It's what separates things. It was, it's allows you to zero in on something. And the opposite of that is vulnerability to me, which is not necessarily the opposite, like, like in a, 
bad opposite kind of way, but really it's the opposite energetically. Energy that's, you know, if, if a pipe is blocked up, if you're blocked in some way, if you're inhibited in some way, then to release that energy, to, to you know, push through, to connect yourself to the outside, that is vulnerability. That is the, you know, the action that we are doing and experiencing. And if you think about it, really all personal growth practices come down to those two, your awareness and your vulnerability. And you could also even think of it like using your head and using your heart, you know, very simple stuff, but really that's what it comes down to. It's just utilizing both. And we're going to look at a little bit how to do that today. This is part of a, a three hour workshop that I want to do. So you're getting the condensed version, but hopefully this will help you in your life to navigate maybe something that you've been struggling with or give you a little insight in one of those areas. So, you know, if we go through the through the handout that I posted on the show notes, that's specific words that detail those dimensions of being for each domain. So there's a lot going on in that sentence. So let's say you have your first domain, the domain of trust. This is an area where issues of trust and control are going to come up. So if you are being disempowered, let's say, I don't know, something happens to you and you perceive that you're in danger. You know, we have a fight or flight mechanism in our body. Generally speaking, there aren't nearly as many dangers as we actually think there are, but we are triggered nonetheless. And so we tend to lose power. We start to get afraid. We start to try to control the situation or run away or force or whatever. And that's that's a disempowering situation in the area of or in the domain of trust. So if we look at that, if we use that as a as a guide, you have be, do, and have. If you remember those three dimensions of existence. What is my state of being? What am I doing? And what do I have in this situation? So in the domain of trust, if I am powerless, if I'm in a powerless situation, if I'm disempowered, your states, I used a couple words here. These are not the truth. This is just a couple words to jog your memory. There's a million options, but you know, it's a guide. So take a look at it from that perspective. So if I'm powerless in the domain of trust and I'm being disempowered by a situation, my state of being is likely to be afraid, doubting, worried, panicked, maybe even anxious, you know, mistrustful, you know, if that's a word, actually, I don't think it is, but anyway, it is now. And what are the actions that I'm most likely to do when I'm losing power or leaking power in that situation? Controlling others, resisting, running away, forcing, you know, hiding. That's another way that we're blocked up in that area and we don't trust. What do I have as an experience or as a result. And this can be a lot of things. I wrote, I wrote mostly experiential results. So if I am afraid and I'm running away, then I have fear or I have self-doubt or anxiety or worry. I'm preoccupied. So again, this is not the whole truth. And if you remember from last week's episode, truth is very, very limited, especially when we communicate it. But the point is to have a workable ground for these things. So you can start to paint a picture of what it looks like when you lose energy through that center in your body, through that domain. And likewise, we also have a picture of what it looks like to be powerful, to be empowered in that, to bring power back to that to that space in your body that, that rules the domain of trust. And what that looks like is your state of being is peaceful, you're trusting, 
you're patient, you're relaxed. So what are the actions natural to that state of being? Well, you breathe, obviously, breathing, slow breathing. Let go physically or emotionally. Relax, trust. What do you have as a result in the world? Peace, you have faith, you have patience, you have calmness. And those, again, are abstract things that you have. You could even you can even write more material things here, too. You know, like you have trusting relationships. You have less responsibilities, you know, whatever, you know. So there's a, a whole laundry list that you could write on there. So you can start to see how these things work. The point is to help you, even if you identify one word about your situation and you identify the domain it's in, then you can begin to use your awareness of what's happening and where you're, you're leaking energy. What I have people do is state, you have a worksheet, and I say, okay, go through this worksheet and answer the following questions. First one is, something happened, and now I am blank. I have been doing blank, and as a result, I have blank. So you can kind of start mapping that situation in terms of these three, uh, you know, things of the dimensions of existence. Then you write down how you've been handling the situation. Okay, well, I've been, you know, whatever, crying, resisting, fighting, you know, whatever. And then you can go back to this sheet, this little handout, and start matching your actions to that situation, matching those words and seeing, getting a picture of, okay, where am I losing power in this situation? in the domain of, okay, whatever, thinking or service, whatever, that kind of stuff. And the point of that is to, and remember, multiple of these, you know, it's it's not like black and white in the sense that, it is black and white in the sense it's either power or powerless. So that's the nice part. Where we can get lost is that there is a, a variety of these little triggers that can happen. So again, going back to an example I used in the last episode, if my tire blows out, and I'm on my way to an important appointment. Now I'm angry. I can't get, I've been stopped. I can't get there anymore. I have to spend money, which challenges my sense of scarcity and, and risk, you know, which is more like the fourth domain. It uh, challenges my sense of safety. You know, I start losing power there because I get afraid for my life. I'm danger. My car is whatever spinning around. Uh, you know, it, it may challenge my thinking, my domain of thinking that I'm, I put an absolute, you know, way on it or a truth that, hey, you know what, this is terrible now, my life is ruined, whatever, so now I'm, my mind is all blocked up with that. So there's multiple areas of our life where we lose power at the same time. This is a guide to start getting you familiar to be able to identify your power loss and just separate yourself from it. That's really all it is, you know, and that's that's where the awareness comes in. The second part, now that you kind of have an idea of how this works, and again, this is a workshop, so it's it's designed to be a little more detailed than this, but check it out. Hopefully it, it really helps in your life. And I think this next part is really the meat and potatoes here. And this is, you know, we talked about awareness and basically becoming aware of how you lose power and identifying these different disempowering behaviors, different disempowering thoughts, states of being, so you can separate yourself from it. So the second part of this episode in talking about in this the spiritual plumbing part is, is vulnerability. You know, we talked about awareness and vulnerability, and we just went over awareness and how, you know, to basically identify these situations. Well, the, here's, here's the kicker, okay? It's, it's there because there is a benefit of some kind. So 
in the workshop, I talk about psychology, which is that ultimately we all do something because there's a benefit. And nothing that we do is there without a reward of some kind. So that may sound really weird. That may sound like, what the heck, how can my anger be a reward or how can my stress be you know, rewarding or that kind of thing. So ultimately, you know, one thing that you have to look at is that most of these disempowering situations, if not all of them, from a reward perspective, it doesn't make sense to the higher mind. Remember, we have three brains. We have lizard brain, which is your fight or flight. You have your mammalian brain, which kind of evolved in social relationships and kind of governs, you know, social situations like shame and guilt and recognition and, and being a part of the tribe and all that kind of stuff. Then you have your advanced brain, your neocortex, which is like language and meaning and all these complicated thoughts. So a lot of these things that keep us disempowered, there's a benefit to them, but the benefit is very primitive. And and that's why it's around, because it's very powerful too. So if you think about the most primitive, most primal, important benefit that you can imagine, what would it be? Well, it would be safety. In a world of predators, in a world of danger, which is ultimately a world of moving separate parts that are competing with one another, right? That view. Not that it's true, but it's it's a view. In that world, there is a, an idea, a concept that there is danger. There's limited resources. I need to survive. I need to be safe. That is the most primal benefit that we have. And that is what drives all these disempowering situations to stick around in your life. So if we look at that, if we look at the benefit being safety, if the reward is being safe, what could you possibly be safe from? Well, you know, let's say, let's say the, you're in an argument with somebody, you know, and whatever, you want to be right. Well, in that situation, being right, right, that's a, that's a particular way of being, and based on this chart, that's in the domain of thinking. You know, we look at power that's either too loose or too blocked up in that area, and it's something like judging or stubbornness, assumption, you know, resent, that kind of thing. So your mind is locked in, it's blocked up, it's not open to the possibility that maybe you might not be right. It's it's closed in on a particular way that it has to be. So if I'm right, then I get a reward for that. The reward is that I'm safe from maybe being wrong, because what would happen if I'm wrong about the situation, or there's another perspective. I might feel ashamed, so I could be safe from those feelings. I might be safe from taking responsibility and having to do anything. You know, how many times are we trying to be right about a situation so that we can avoid responsibility? Because responsibility is difficult, so we want to be safe from that. Now, the messed up part is that you aren't going to be necessarily immediately aware that the benefit is to be safe. This is how these things stick around in your mind, because it's not a pretty thing to say, well, I want to be safe from responsibility. Nobody wants to admit that. That's not a, a thing that is immediately conscious to you. So this is why awareness and vulnerability together are employed in discovering the reward 
that you're trying to be safe from in these disempowering situations, especially the ones, you know, look, disempowerment is not about trying to have a perfectly harmonious life. I get disempowered all the time, you know, and I, I talk about this stuff, I teach it, so it's it's never going away. But does it stay? That's the question, you know, and that's really the situations that you have to watch out for because if it's staying, if it's lingering around, it's stopping you from action, it's stopping you from creative movement forward, from having love and connection with the people around you, with yourself, from all the lovely things in life. And if it stays, then that means there is some benefit, some reward of safety deep down in there that you have to identify with your awareness and with your vulnerability because it is something to be vulnerable. It takes courage to approach that situation and say, yeah, you know what? I am trying to be safe from X, Y, Z, you know? And again, we're not going to go super detailed into this, but once you can identify what you're trying to be safe from, what is that insurance that you're paying for with this disempowering thing? You know, I use insurance as an example because you don't really want to pay for insurance. Nobody does, but, you know, it keeps you safe. So the same with this disempowering thing that is ruling your life, the the fear, the anxiety, whatever, there's, there's, in it, look, granted, I'm not, I'm not putting a general quality in all these because I've had panic attacks for years. I used to struggle with that. I've had those kinds of things. There are other factors, obviously biological factors. There's other things that come into play. You know, health is a, health is a crazy thing. There's too many things that are affecting our health and mood, but this is something regarding your behavior. This is about your awareness, your mind, the things that you can control. If you happen to find yourself in a situation that, you know, that needs a health approach, a professional approach, that's that's very different. You know, this is something about how to handle and navigate your regular situations in your life that, that stop you in action. They're psychological, you know, and obviously maintaining a healthy life is important in preventing those situations from being accelerated. You know, part of, let's say, depression or anxiety is nutritional. So if you are not taking care of that component, you could be doing all the empowering things you want. It's, you know, it's it's a part of the puzzle. So my part here is not about the nutritional or physical aspects that can contribute to those problems. This is more about your psychological, you know, spiritual type of things that you can that you can look at with your own free will and and change. So, you know, to move on, basically, when you use your vulnerability to look at a situation and say, okay, you know what, I'm being safe from X, Y, Z. You also have to use that and see what is the true cost? What is the real cost? Because how these things work is that they they give you a fake cost. You know, like, again, go back to that tire example. And I'm angry, I'm I'm pissed off that my tires, whatever, blown a, a hole in it. Now I'm stopped in my action to get where I wanted to get, and I'm angry. You know, a great way to to be right and to have certainty about situation and let go of responsibility is to be angry. You know, I, I get angry, you know, everybody does. It's an easy way, it's a quick way to be very certain and to have the benefit of being right and avoiding being safe from having to 
take responsibility or to be, you know, uh, acknowledging that there's a, another possible truth out there. So when you look at that, you know, initially there's all kinds of reasons that come up. Like, oh, this stupid tire, it was probably poor quality, you know, uh, it's costing me some money and it's costing me ugh, I'm time, I'm not going to get there. All these reasons that come up, how come when they come up, you don't stop being angry anymore? Why? Because the cost that is immediately obvious to you is not the real cost. That's not the real cost. That's a fake cost that that disempowering situation is giving you to mask the real cost. The real cost is that if you are angry, what's the cost on your health? What's the cost on your relationships if you're building that anger as a habit? What is the cost on your safety and danger? What if you're angry, you're going to be careless, maybe you get hit by a car trying to open your door or something like that. So there are other costs that are beyond the initial layer of analysis that require your vulnerability. It requires your vulnerability to look at that and see what is the real cost. You have to be able to look and engage and see the impact of the behavior. And when you get to that point when you realize something meaningful, something that actually makes you say, oh, oof, shoot, this is not worth me being safe in the sense that playing it safe, or this is not worth me being right. This is not worth me being ungrateful. This is not worth me being afraid or ashamed or whatever. You know, all those words on the cheat sheet that I posted on the show notes to this, it's not worth any of those because we can only evaluate things when we compare. That is, you know, that's how we make decisions. We compare, okay, this to this. And when it comes to looking at the cost of something, when you look at these situations that disempower you, it is only going to be worth letting go of when you realize the true cost. You know, so that's that's the key. You got to find what is the true cost to you, and that takes vulnerability and awareness. You got to dig deep with your mind. You got to look at the impact. You got to, you know, uh, believe that there is something more to it. If you're if you're unwilling to do that, if you're going to stick in the emotion because it is comfortable it's it's certain we want certainty we want we want an explanation we want to blame something it's easy to blame something external i have people write down blame everything that possible for this situation as many things that you can list and then circle the ones that are outside of your control and then at the end there's only like you know usually one or two left because most of the things we blame are things outside of our control but if it's outside of our control, we don't have to take any action on it. And that's comfortable. It's not, again, comfortable doesn't have to mean pleasurable. This is the messed up thing with our brain, is that pleasure and comfort are not necessarily the same thing because you could be comfortable but miserable. And you could be also in pain, but you could have power in that situation. You know, how many inspiring stories of people with chronic diseases are out there where they're handling those situations with power or whatever. Something happened to them that's very painful, but they are handling it with power. And how many people are rotting away in whatever situation they are that's comfortable and they're not doing anything. So comfort, you know, it, it can be very comfortable 
to be disempowered because it keeps you safe. You know, you're safe from responsibility, from action, whatever. But really, it's action that keeps you going, that, that makes that future possible. So once you do all that stuff, once you use your awareness, your vulnerability, you figure out, okay, this is not worth, you know, what I really want and what this is costing me, what's really costing me, it's not worth the trade. Now you have to create a future. You have to create new action. Once you've cleared the way and you've let go of that trade-off because it's not worth it. So we look at the sheet again and look at some things that I could do to you know clean up that leak or blockage. If, if it's a leak, that means there's too much energy going outward. That's an excess behavior. If it's a blocked up, it's, some, it's inhibited in some way. So for example, if my heart chakra is too open, that means I'm being subservient. That's why I said the domain is of service because it deals with your actions in the world with other people. You're, you're too subservient. You're too much of a people pleaser. Okay, so what do you need to do then once you've realized the cost of your people pleasing on your life, on your energy, on your health, once you've realized the cost of that, what do you need to do? Well, you need to set healthy boundaries. You know, there's nothing wrong with setting healthy boundaries. Okay, well, let's put it the opposite way. Let's say that your heart is blocked up because you've had a lot of experiences that's challenged your shortageness. You know, you, you feel like you're in constant scarcity and you've got to save and conserve all the time. Well, that's blocked up. So what do you need to do? You need to burst through with a little vulnerability, with a little risk. It's okay to be generous. And generosity doesn't have to be with money. It can be with yourself, with how you participate in conversations, with how you take risks or make choices, with how you invest yourself in other people. There's many ways that we're generous and particularly that we hold back. So in that situation, you know, the way to balance it out is to move forward, to, to, to open yourself up, you know. So that is the way that spiritual plumbing works. You know, you, you identify the imbalance, you identify the cost, the real cost to your life and what you want, and then you create new action. You create new action forward, and that is a new habit that will trigger in. So the key is that you don't stay too long being disempowered. It will always happen to you, always. That's why it's called the seven transformations, because they are seven domains of life that we are continually transforming. It's an ongoing little spiral through space and time that you are growing and learning. As much as I talk about this stuff, I can guarantee you I deal with it every day. It's ups and downs. Sometimes I feel super inspired and the world is like limitless. And sometimes I deal with something that I'm like, oh man, you know, how, how am I back here again? But it's not again in the same spot. It's a spiral moving forward. So when you make that circle around and it's time to be disempowered again, you are ahead in life. It's just learning and growing every single time there's a new dimension to it. And that's that's what makes it beautiful. So so I hope that this has contributed to your life and, and allowed you to build some awareness as well as maybe practice some vulnerability in an area that you are losing power in continually where you find yourself a little powerless. You know, look at that situation and see See, maybe another way of looking at it or try to look at it and see what is the cost? What is the real cost to you playing it safe? And again, safe can be anything. It can be safe from, you know, safe from responsibility, 
safe from your own emotions and fear of shame, guilt, whatever, safe from other people, safe from, you know, some perceived danger, who knows? You know, it's playing it safe, and playing it safe is hardly ever worth it. You should play it safe sometimes, I'm not saying not to, but you know what I mean when I say what I say. So thank you so much for listening. I hope that this has been a useful episode for your life. I have one more that I plan on doing, maybe two, but we'll see. Definitely next week I'm going to talk about how these seven domains are transformed into seven spaces, meaning if your pipe is leaking or blocked up, once you fix that leak, the pipe is free and clear, which makes it really a space. It makes it a space for power to flow through. And when power flows through, it, you know, empowerment, I give empowerment seven distinct experiences, you know, so I call them the seven spaces, and that's peace, creativity, confidence, heart, voice, vision, and purpose. And if you follow me on Instagram, I usually post little motivating, you know, quotes and stuff with those ones, and just to kind of keep them going. But Anyway, those are the seven spaces. I will talk more about them next week. Tune in Friday where I interview some nice conversations on transformation and creating a life you love. Thank you so much for your support and listening. I wish you a wonderful rest of your week that is empowered, vulnerable, and very aware. So have a good one. You're listening to the 7 Transformations Podcast with your host, Tudor Alexander. For more episodes like these, subscribe or stay connected at the 7transformationscom